Well, welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel, and we are going to have a conversation today because everyone has a story. But before we get to that conversation, we're going to have another conversation between just the two of us. Ooh, that brought me way back to that Will Smith song. Just the two of us. You know what I'm talking about? That's a Will Smith song? Isn't that Will Smith? Nope. No? Um, No. You mean Will Smith? Did he maybe with DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh yeah, Prince? Yeah, that Will Smith. Yeah, no. Oh, I just embarrassed myself. No, I don't think so. Did he do a cover of it? Please. Hey. Uh, oh no, Tommy. Speaking of, everyone's got a story. <laughs> yes, everyone has a story. Uh, I want an update on on the the ice fishing. Oh, I would yeah. like. Apparently, yeah. you sh- you shared. Yeah, I did. I uh, mistakenly way too much information about ice fishing, which I saw for the first time the other day when I was up near Lake Geneva. I and people were walking on the ice, yeah. which I was shocked at because I was like, it, it's, it's not, fifty degrees yeah, out. It's not yeah. that cold out, and you guys are walking out on mm-hmm. the ice, mm-hmm. and they were fishing out there and yeah. dragging the thing that you told said you. was there. Yeah, but, I did not steer you wrong. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> Saw my first, so that reminded me, and also apparently you got some you got some fo- feedback. I did, yeah. So talk talk to us a little well, bit. Well, it was about mostly feedback. it was mostly I think people who also love ice fishing who now we have a kindred spirit who listen to the podcast and in text message like ice fishing videos and stories and their love of of fish fry and cro- crappie. I have like I have like six fish fry dates uh, for the next. <laughs> No, not six, but yeah, we're talking about fish fry. I mean, tartar sauce, potato pancakes. I mean, it's a whole thing. Yeah. So potato pancakes. That's in your future, Jeff, because we're taking you to a fish the fry. fish and potato pancakes? Yeah, that's a, that's how you know actually a, a fish fry is legit. It's the potato pancakes. Yeah. If it doesn't have potato pancakes. All right. Just fish and chips what at was that the, point. What was the, the funniest uh, video feedback that you got? Uh... I think the funniest one was someone sent me a video of of an ice shanty. Like the wind was just going crazy, and like these poor people are just hanging on for dear life as like they're trying. They're almost getting blown across like the lake. Rich people don't don't do this. No, the poor, the, the, their poor, like oh, I not just didn't, I mean didn't, monetarily. I didn't understand why poor <laughs> no, people. No, this is not. Why you this had to is put the not social economic. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is an unfortunate. Do, do circumstance. rich people do the ice fishing though, buddy? <laughs> it is a poor circumstance. I don't know. I know. It just doesn't seem like something yeah, it people does. who have wealth out there. I would be surprised it's if there are yeah. too many European cars on the on the ice. I would <laughs> Yeah, probably not. I would imagine, though, that if they did, they'd have a really nice shack. As uh, people were like, oh, you call it a shanty? Ha, ha, ha. It's a shack. T- ice shack. <laughs> they yeah. mocked you? They mocked me. I was mocked. <laughs> I was okay. For your, for so, your failure to, sorry, that's to what, use I, the I, right... I'm going to... Ice fishing vocabulary. Like, How I dare got, you? Got mocked for bibs too. Like, I don't understand. This the is hot, planet hot. is called Hoth, yeah. Tommy. Yeah, it's called Hoth. Yeah. It also, like another thing that Wisconsin, if you want to make fun of me, is Wisconsin's called drinking fountain a bubbler. So, like, don't at me. Bibs, bubblers, ice shanties. There it is. Boom. You're up to date. It's Will Tommy's, Smith is just the two of us. Let's go. Tommy's new book. Yes, I nailed it. Huh? Bibs, bubblers, and ice shanties. Bibs, bubblers. Bibs, bubblers, and ice shanties. It's my biography. <laughs> Tommy, there's um. So good, I we've talked with some good news though. Yeah, because really we live in a world right now that is uh, only kind of sharing some negative news, Ugh, right? War so and people shooting each other. Yeah, everyone lying to each other. Yeah. 
So good news is that as of, well, as when this podcast come, comes out. A couple weeks. Or, yeah. No, I mean, it'll have been a couple it'll weeks. It'll be, yeah, been a we couple lost, weeks since we, we don't have a mask mandate or a vaccine in Illinois. mandate in Illinois. Specifically uh, in Chicago and Cook County. What a dream. A dream. Seriously, yeah. it is just unbelievable. Yeah, we went. You know, oh, we, good. We went out on the first time. It was our son's birthday, seven, mm. seven years old. Crazy. And what did we went, you do for the seven year old birthday? We went to main event. Do you know what that is? It's I, like a. I've seen the, the, it's, it's like a. I don't know, Dave and Buster's type of it's okay. a bowling slash arcade. Yeah. Uh, he was apparently too small to do laser tag, which I don't know how that works, but whatever. You got to be 48 inches to do it, so it's fine. We'll just grow up a little Dude, bit. You don't understand. The, the, the COVID will get you under the 48 inches. Well, yeah. and Well, maybe it might be the vest. might be too big. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the rules. But, uh, yeah, we went there. We played arcades, but we didn't uh, have to wear a mask, and it was weird well there's this weird thing going on right now where everyone's smiling at each other in awkward ways yeah like when i've I've walked into a few stores and i'm like okay stop with the smiling hi that's your face it's nice to see oh hello hello big teethy grin yes it's so good to see your face uh yeah i think i feel like people are are also going to do that thing i think that people have been hiding their facial expressions oh, yes. over the past two years and, and have gotten forgotten. used. Yeah, they've gotten used to it. And so I think that people are honestly like going to be doing that for the first couple of weeks that yeah. they don't have to wear a mask places. And uh, it's going to be hilarious. I was going to say, you really do know what people think of you now. Yeah, because they're going to show it and they're going to be like, oh no, I'm not wearing a mask. That's going to be so funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so, yeah, but I would say it was, it was really weird. It was weird like going out and not having to, in being inside and because we've been under a mask mandate for a really long, yeah. long time. Weird, but delightful. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it is nice to see people's faces. May it never return. May it never return. May it and COVID and all that has to do with it never return. Yes. All the negativity. Ugh. May it never return. And the fights between this and that and all of it. Just <sighs> done. 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 Peace. It's time to move on to other crises. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, yes. we've, got, oh, we've got a guest today. Check out this crisis. We have a conversation uh, with uh, Brian Bradshaw, who is uh, the associate campus pastor of the Crystal Lake campus, also basketball coach of HCA, Go Lions. And, and kind of a, he's kind of a Harvest Bible Chapel blue blood. Yeah. He's like been he's, here for a really long time. Yeah, but his father was on staff mm -hmm. and then... He was born into the into the family from Crystal Lake, which He's is there. where I'm from as well. So we have a hand sig Crystal Lake. See, see, you have L. you have uh, Brian taught it to me. Crystal Lake. Yep. Oh, you guys are like a gang now. Yeah, it's true. Crystal Lake. We see you represent represent. And so, uh, yeah, he's also running the Chicago Marathon. I'm sure you guys are going to talk about oh, this, but I'm just sure if you think about Brian stuff. right now, um, all around good guy, uh, friend of mine. And so, you guys are going to have a conversation because everyone has a story, and he does too. And so, here we go. Here we go. Let's get into it right now. Here I sit with Brian Bradshaw, B squared. Brian, is your do you have a middle name with a B in it too? I don't. What is it, Brian? 
Gregory. Gregory. So that's your dad's name. That's my dad. Okay. Brian Bradshaw, it's good to see you. You're the, you're the uh, for those of you who didn't hear Tommy say that you were the campus, uh, the associate campus pastor of the Crystal Lake campus. That's yeah. exactly who you are. That's me. Brian, how old are you? 31. What? Yeah. 31. Wow. You don't look a day over 30 to me. Well, thank you. If I shaved, I'd look a lot younger too. <laughs> so Brian, you have all sorts of interesting things about you that I'm really excited to talk to you about. Um, so uh, with all due respect, you're free to say no to some of my questions, but we just want you to know that it'll sound really weird if you do. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Brian, you did, you, like you're a pastor's kid. Yes. So tell me, like, how long? For how long did you when you when you were born? Were you born into a pastor's family, or did your dad like become part of do the ministry after? He did the ministry after. He had, for me, one of the coolest jobs ever. Uh, being in a family that loves sports, he worked for the Chicago Bulls. What? When I was born, when Michael Jordan was playing what was, for what them. What year did you you were born? Nineteen ninety. What? So you were just a little guy. Yep. Did you get to go to Bulls games? I did. I obviously don't remember any of them when I Does was... Michael Jordan remember you? <laughs> no. Have you met Michael Jordan though? No. You've not met him. Like no. you even in your early days your dad said doesn't say I did I have never met him. No. Oh, okay. No. So what did your dad do for the Bulls? He was in charge of all of their uh game entertainment. So national anthem, halftime show, making sure it's all good. Really? Yep. It's like the Bulls dancers were under his purview. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. So he did that, and then he left, and he went to Gatorade Sports Marketing. Oh wow! And back to the Bulls. Yeah, let's go back. You're a fan of the Bulls, then? Go Bulls. Still? Yes. Yes, you're still a fan. I of mean, the Bulls. there hasn't hesitated. been much to to yeah, cheer about. But recently. your heart hasn't like been pulled no. away. Oh, you had Derek Rose there for a little while. Yeah. They were pretty good. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you something funny. So uh, we used to get free tickets to the Dallas Mavericks when I was in seminary because the guy who owned them before Mark Cuban was a Christian guy. And so he used to like just dump off all the extra tickets at the seminary. You go up to the, the registrar's office and they'd hand them to you. You get these tickets. So anyway, you go down to re- what was called Reunion Arena at the time. Anyway, you go down there, you get these really, they're horrible seats. They're way up, way up in the nosebleeds. Anyway, but you'd be sitting next to some people, some from the seminary, other people who were, who either paid for them, or I don't know how they got them, but I, I went several times and the same, there was the same guy there each time. He was a really, really big guy and he, he had binoculars so he could look down at the, at the court and he had a tray full of uh, nachos, you know, with like the, the, the arena nachos, yeah. which will kill you like arena cheese whiz would be like a step up for the the arena nachos oh geez so anyway he's there dipping those nachos in and he doesn't watch the game at all at all but every time the dance team comes on <laughs> he stops the eating of the nachos and no. he puts he puts those binoculars right up to his eyes and he just stops and stares at <laughs> I remember my wife sitting next to me one time. She's going, I feel so awkward right now. That's this so is weird. so, so wrong. <laughs> that's so wrong. He wasn't there for the basketball. Oh, that's so wrong. So your father is to be blamed for all of that kind of thing. Yep. All right. Yep. So was he, we, So why did he give that up to become a pastor? What was he doing at sports marketing with... Uh, he went to Gatorade. Gatorade. And what, so would, he, like, what would that mean? He would 
just have relationships with colleges and professional teams to make sure that Gatorade was still in good graces and was on the sidelines and in all the prominent spots during uh, television wow. and all of that. So and he would, there's a lot of traveling. I mean, A lot of traveling. And I was just getting to the point where I was old enough to start going on some of these trips with him. So I got to go to a Super Bowl when Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers played Denver Broncos in San Diego. Wow. Heartbreaker for the Packers. Um, but we're used to that. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, and then he took me to the NBA All-Star Game in Philadelphia. Okay. Which is super fun. And uh, I've been to a round at the Masters. Wow. And so, yeah. And I so got when, to when you're there at the, at the Masters with your dad, yeah. are you... Uh, like, are you watching the 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 golf, or your, is your job is his job to walk around and make you know check on all the Gatorade setups? No, we got to actually watch when we went. Wow, which was yeah, it was really fun. That's amazing. So it was super. Yeah, I loved it. It was it was awesome. So um, when he became a pastor, was pastor ministry the next job he had? Nope. He uh, went part time and he started a, a youth sports ministry called Competitors for Christ. Oh wow! In Crystal Lake. And so I was growing up playing sports. I got to do all of that. It started with the flag football league, uh, combining biblical character training with sports. And uh, he would get high school athletes to coach the teams. So my coaches were high school football players from the surrounding cities. And it was a blast. So he did that for a few years. Um, and that's when we started coming to Harvest. Crystal Lake was your home. That's where you grew up. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then a few years later, he came on staff uh, at Harvest Bible Chapel in Crystal Lake. Right. Did he keep running the, the sports ministry? He handed it off to someone else to run. Okay. All of this led to you being like an avid sportsman. Yes. Okay. So let's list off the sports that you play. I've heard football. I want to get into the football because okay. apparently you're quite a, you were quite a football player. Football is my number one. Okay. And right. then? Uh, growing up, basketball, okay. uh, indoor hockey, really indoor I th- roller, just like most most hockey's indoor. You know that, right? Yeah, you're right. Okay, roller hockey, oh, roller hockey. <laughs> Not Is that the ice. same thing as the roller derby, Brian? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> roller derby is this thing where they a bunch of uh, heavier set women skate around a circle and beat each other up. I'm sure Which, that's by very the way, entertaining. Well, it's something I probably would prefer to watch than roller hockey, just so you know. Yeah, me um, too, probably. Okay, so roller hockey. Baseball, golf. Baseball, yes. That's it. That's it. Not like lacrosse. No weird No weird sports. No lacrosse or cricket. Nothing like that. Nope. All right. So basketball, or sorry, baseball, or hmm. football, number yep. one. Number one. What position did you play, Court? Quarterback. Quarterback. Yep. Okay. So uh, were you good? I was pretty good. Okay. Yep. What, does, what does pretty good mean? Um, I went to college on a scholarship. Okay. Which one? Winona State University. It is in Minnesota. Okay. A Division two school. Yeah. And um, did you, did you, pl- uh, was the team good? We were, yeah, we were good. Um, it w- Really, it was a... Did you ever play Cooper Cup? We did because Eastern Washington is a is a division. No, two I'm sorry. As well, we did not play Cooper Cup. We played Adam Thielen. Oh uh, yes, who plays yeah. for the Vikings. Yeah, 
Um, but uh, it was up up and down experience, um, playing some, not playing some, injuries, all of that. And okay, give me some of your injuries for for football. You start when you started playing football as a little kid, flag yeah. football or whatever. Flag football. Did you uh, did you feel like quarterback was the thing you were going to do? Always. My dad was a quarterback uh, right. at Northwestern. You were the coach's kid too. Coach's kid. Yeah. My grandpa was a high school football coach in Illinois, so okay. I wanted to be the quarterback. Have you ever always. seen? Have you ever seen on, I think it's in Netflix, there's this show. QB1. Well, QB1 is amazing because it's, you can actually watch Justin Fields before he showed up here. So if you aren't like Netflix, QB1 is kind of cool. But there's also this show, I don't know if it's still around called, it it was called uh, Friday Night Tykes. About the little kids? Yeah. Yeah. It is about, it is about like San Antonio uh, little kid football. And it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. It's these parents screaming at each other, the way they treat these little kids and stuff. Is that, anyway, you haven't seen it, but is that, was that? That was not my growing up experience. Okay. No. It was just something that I loved to do. Did you, but did, did you feel like you were going to, what was a dream of yours to go play in the NFL when you were that age? Yes. Okay. You were thinking, hmm. What made you think you could do it? Naivete. Yeah, <laughs> until I realized that I was 6'1", 160 pounds. Yeah, and No. Okay. Yeah. How far can you throw football? Now? <laughs> sure, then and now. Then, I don't know, 60 yards. What? Now maybe 40. What made you a great quarterback? Like, what exactly did you do? What was that, like, what was your thing? Really good accuracy, or were you, could you run around a lot, pretty fast? I was fast. I was uh, elusive um, and accurate. Wow. Those are my strengths. Could you read a defense pretty well? Yeah. I was pretty smart um, in terms of what the defenses was doing. So I normally would get us in the right play and get the ball where it needed to go. So that helped me out a lot. Okay, your favorite football story. Weirdest thing that happened on the field. What? Wow. Okay. Weird weird Uh, teammate moment. First one that comes into my mind, it was a high school playoff game. I was a sophomore, so I was even smaller. I was maybe soaking wet, 140 pounds. And Were you the quarterback for the I team? I was, and we actually ran the triple option, which is yeah, dude. all running, yeah, not much throwing. And uh, we actually threw a pass, and I was rolling out, and I slipped and fell. And in high school, when, you, <laughs> when you're down, you're down. And there was a defensive lineman who easily was over 300 pounds didn't stop and just opens his arms up yeah and just belly flops just flops right right on top, on of, top of me and you watch the film and it's like slow motion this guy is just you see it happening you just go like and i just like for a second or two just blacked out yeah your eyes popped out no idea what was happening so that's really funny and then my first year that i ever played football i was i only played one year of youth football i was maybe eight years old the first ever pass I dropped back to throw, I got hit so hard by a kid that the, I got up and there was snot all over my entire face. And I had to go back to the huddle. Like my he literally, dad was like wiping it off. He literally hit the snot out of you. Literally, that's where it comes from. The next play, we ran another another pass play and the exact same thing that's a lot of snot. happened. And my dad thought he's going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> he's never going to play this sport again. Um, but thankfully I 
I kept going. Yeah. I went to flag then for a while. Yeah. Because you were like, I don't to, know if I want to get hit yet. Went back to tackle, yeah. What's the worst energy, oh, injury you had? Uh, high ankle sprain in college. It basically means that you broke your leg. Yeah, it's not fun. Um, I always think it's funny. I have a high ankle sprain. Is that why your bone is protruding out your leg, uh, out your skin? Yeah. Wow, that would have taken a while to get over. It took, yeah, it, it put me out six or seven weeks. I came back in the last game of the year halfway through, um, but it basically ended my season. Okay. Yeah. When did you realize that you weren't going to be playing football anymore? Like when you were in college, did you think to yourself, right, I'm not, because even, you know, I, I think the Kurt Warner story makes everybody think to themselves, but maybe. Did, was there a moment where you thought, nah, I, I can't, it's not going to, I'm not going to go on beyond this. Yeah, it, it happened. I mean, I knew, you know, when I went to Winona State. And, I mean, I just knew with my size and it just, I was content with putting in the work that I did and yeah. wasn't willing to, I mean, eat six meals a day and drink five protein shakes and try yeah. to do all this to be even a size that they would be considered right. to go play yeah. professionally somewhere. And I just was content to... Yeah. Ride it out and had an awesome time doing it. And Did you play it, basketball at the same time that you were a football player? Just in high school. Just in high school. Yeah. You're a coach now. You coach a basketball team. I now. do. Yes. Right? What kind of defense do you own? We <laughs> run what we call a ball press. Yeah. We get after people. I like it. Yeah. You need to run a man-to-man more. <laughs> That's what everyone tells yeah, me. Yeah, I know. They tell you because they know what they're talking about. Okay? <laughs> Just a little denial defense. You'll be fine. Got it. Um. Your, but your team actually made it quite a ways. I don't actually know what the result was. Last night you played in Chicago against another team. Did we you, did. You win or lose? We lost last night. Okay, so that was the last game so of your was, season. Yep, our season ended. But a good season. We had a great season. Um, yeah, a lot of young players on your team. Yes, no seniors. Yeah. Very young. HCA is where he is, the boys' basketball coach, which was very funny this year when I came to the games. Uh, they apparently made a rule that you had to wear masks but the boys couldn't breathe out of the masks while they were playing so they wore them on their chins yeah chin straps which was anyway yeah if the covid bled out of their chin somehow everyone was safe but if not (laughs) it was just a chin strap (laughs) but yeah it was good fun it was fun to watch your team you guys had a a lot a lot of fun to to see the guys the kids play and especially the youth the fact that they're so young yeah they're great kids. They're fun to be around. Yeah. Are you planning on doing that in the future? Yep. Okay. So I you're am. not going anywhere. You're nope. not going to. I mean, unless somebody calls you up to the college game. Nope. No, not even that? No. All right. All right. So when did you, like, okay, you, you have a bunch of family members. Your kids, yes. your brothers, sisters? Yep. Who are I they? I'm the oldest of five. Um, JT, Michael, and Christopher are my brothers. Caitlin's my sister. Okay. She the youngest? She is. Ah. Uh, She's probably very protected. Yes. Yeah. Now, I met your brother, another one of your brothers, and he was in the military, like Navy SEAL type guy. Yes, he was. Is What, what did he do in the military? He was uh, in the Army branch. He served uh, as um, an officer. Okay. And, um, yeah, I, I don't mess with him. Really? When you were a kid, did you mess with him? We did. Yeah. Like brothers do. Yeah, but did you win? When we were kids. When you were kids, not yeah. now though. No, not can't now. take him. No, come on. First rule of combat. You know what that is? Don't die. Where the head goes, the body will follow. You're welcome. I'm like, I'm not kidding. Actually, there's this guy I know who's a who was a Navy SEAL. 
And he would tell me also, he'd say, that's what he said to me. Look, you know the first rule of combat? <laughs> no. Where the head goes, the body will follow. And you know what? Uh, every time I got in a fight with my wife, he's been, he's right. That's, that's a joke, Brian. I don't, I don't. I don't do that. Don't don't do that. No, I don't. But if you and I fought right now, I'd grab that head and start, you know, drag it to the ground. Oh, jeez. Um, so, so, uh, five kids. You grew up. You went to high school. Winona, Winona. What did you graduate? What like? What was your degree yep. going to be in? What did you want to do? I wanted to be a coach and a, a high school teacher. Okay. And so, coach for what, football. Yep, or basketball, either one. And so I graduated and I taught. Uh, math um, at the high school level. Oh wow! In the area, at Dundee Crown High School. Math for three years. Yep. Wow. I don't. You're like you. You find math enjoyable, or no? Is it, no. no. Okay. At the time, the math? Um, I uh, I was good at it. It came easy to me. Okay. And the availability of math positions was high. Uh, yeah. Prominent. Probably not a lot of people yeah. who were like, and so it gave yeah. me a good shot of getting into a good school and getting hired and being able to do all that. So you, what your intention was to be like in uh, schools and things like that for a number of years, yep. but the math was more, or the teaching was more of a pathway to the coaching. Correct. For you. Yeah. You wanted to be a coach. Yep. Why did you decide not to do this? Uh, the math really. <laughs> I, uh, a few years in, I just said, Right, many of us came to that conclusion many years earlier. Yeah, yeah. You, you just came around a little late to the party. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so I said, yeah, you know, I think this isn't for me. You know, I like the aspect of teaching and being around all the high school students and uh, the staff, but um, I call it, call it quits. Okay, and at that point, what, were, what did you plan on doing? Well, I was planning on interning uh, here oh, uh, at, for a summer. Harvest. At Harvest. So you were interested in pastoral ministry, though? Yes. Yes, I'd been serving a bunch. I'd gone up to uh, the camp in Michigan and served and was serving in the student ministry and different ministries in the church and um, just was really enjoying it and felt a, a call to that. And so I took an internship to see what kind of the day-to-day was like Um and uh, I really enjoyed it. And so that led me to Liberty University where I started my master's. Oh, wow. Um, I really wanted a college experience where I wasn't an athlete and yeah. I didn't have to consume my time and schedule with practices and films and weightlifting and all of that. And so I went to Liberty University and had a blast. For um, how long were you there? One year. Just one year. Did you do a master's degree in that? that I didn't year? finish. Okay. I didn't Why not? Have. Uh, I got an opportunity to come back to Harvest and start okay. working. Yeah, as what? As associate pastor of adult ministry at the Elgin campus. At the Elgin campus? Yes. Okay. So then you went to Crystal Lake at what point? After two years in Elgin, I then went out to Crystal Lake. Okay. And you've been there for how long? Three years. Oh, wow. So five years in ministry. Do you like it? Yes. What do you like about it? I I love people. Yeah. Um. And I love how God works in them and being a part of discipling people. So that's what I, that's why. Okay. You're married? Yes. So when, at what point in this journey did you meet your wife? 
I had been working at Elgin for... Oh, sing, you were a single pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay. For maybe a year and a half. What was that like? Yeah, most pastors are married, right? So was it was that odd, being an adult ministries pastor who was single? A little bit. And I was, you know, I was young. I mean, I'm still still young, I guess. But, yeah. you know, new to ministry. And there was a little bit of it, but it also led to, you know great dependence on God to be like, okay, you have me here. Yeah. Use me. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, how did you meet her? I met her in Chicago at a uh, vertical conference. Okay. For young adults. And, uh, my, did one you of say, my, did you say to her, uh, do you, did you want to meet the band? Is that, did you, did you, I play didn't that, use you that line. Play that card? No, you could have though. Cause you knew the band. I did. Yeah. Well, good for you not to pull that one. Yeah. She, you, you didn't want her to fall in love with you because of Van. No, not because she just of that. wanted it. You wanted yeah. it because of you. Yeah. So we met, and I was living with two um, two friends of mine. And after we met, the next couple of weeks, we had a couple game nights at our house. Game nights where I made sure she got invited. Okay, you manipulated it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. How do you meet her at a conference? At a it was at a conference. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said a concert. Yeah. I was like, okay, the- conference. Great. Yeah, my best friend was dating uh, her small group leader. Oh, okay. And um, we met through them. Great. And so uh, she came over to the, the game night. What kind of games did you play at your game night? Twister? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I don't even remember. But I just remember... Um, you were you were preoccupied. Didn't The game was not the issue. Yeah. Well, she... Uh, What's her name? Her, she held her ground. Abby. Abby. She held her ground, and I really liked that. Yeah, you competition. She was happy to, yeah. to fight back. That's great. Yeah. And uh, at what point did she come around to realize that you were a kind of guy that she might be interested in seeing? I think maybe a month after. Okay, we so went, not we, initially. I, I invited her to go on a date, and we went out, and mm. um, she always jokes. I, I showed up with a sport coat on and baggy jeans. Did you? I did. Okay. That's exactly what I was Dude, wearing. That's how you roll. <laughs> that's how I rolled before Abby. Okay. <laughs> and um, we went out and had a good time and just kind of continued getting to know each other after that. Okay. How long were you dating before you got uh, married? We dated for 18 months and then got engaged. Okay. Where where did you get engaged and how did you get engaged? We got engaged uh, downtown in the city at Lincoln Park. Okay, what happened? You just uh, walking through Lincoln Park, and you we just were going to meet meeting friends for uh, for dinner. Did she know this was going to happen? Nope. And had we, you talked about it ahead of time, or did you? Were you like yeah. you were going into this blind? You had no idea. Well, I knew that she would say yes. We had talked. Okay. We had had conversations. Okay, about so it she was okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we went down there, and we got down there early. So we went on a walk, and. Uh, I had a spot picked out, and um, you waited till you got to the spot. You, ring, I waited. Yeah, we walked all the way. Ring to Ring burning a hole in your pocket. Oh yeah, I was trying to hide it so she couldn't see it. <laughs> and um, when we were dating, one of the things that uh, I did was I would write her letters, and so I had a letter, and I gave it to her. And while she was reading it, um, I got down on my knee, asked her to marry me, and she said yes immediately. Any she pausing? Yes. No, no, no pausing. pausing. No pausing. Crazy story is that there was someone in the park that had a drone that day that happened to 
catch the proposal wow. on the drone and then put it on social media and found us. And then WGN invited us to come on to the news and oh like goodness. did a whole story on it. And it was uh, kind of your drone. Stop lying. <laughs> yeah. I hired him. <laughs> totally. You were on the news the WGN. They must've loved that. It was fun. Yeah. Did yeah, they, it was fun. they didn't give you any, uh, you should have told people where you were registered and then you could have gotten lots <laughs> of extra stuff. Right. So how long were you engaged? Eight months. Okay. That's a long time. Yep. Got married in during the peak of COVID. A lot of oh things goodness, changed. Really? A lot of things changed. Did you have, so how many people came to your wedding? 40. Okay. Was that legal? It was outside. So at the okay, time, so yes. Like, I mean, I don't want to get you in trouble yes, or anything like that, but yeah. Okay. But that was a big change. I mean, you guys were, you had you planned things prior to COVID? We had. So it, Totally threw a monkey wrench into all of your plans. The week of our wedding, um, it was Wednesday, and we still didn't know where we were going to get married, and we were getting married on Saturday. <laughs> and we really? figured, we figured it out. You had plans, though. We had plans, and they got all jacked up um, during the week of, and uh, so we 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 finally picked a picked a backyard of uh, family friends of ours. Oh, I was going to say in Crystal Lake. Hope it was somebody you knew. And uh, we moved the date from Saturday to Friday on Wednesday and because it was supposed to rain on Saturday. Okay. And we just made it happen. Oh, good. That's great. And people are flexible enough to make it, make, yeah. make it out there and stuff. Most of your family live locally? Yes. Okay, so that makes yes. it a little bit easier. People yep. don't have to travel or anything like that. Yeah. It so how great. long have you been married now? Almost two years. Okay, and you've got three kids now. <laughs> no? Not yet. Oh, okay. And so what does Abby do? Does she, she, she work? She's a first grade teacher in Palatine. Ah, uh, I can very see that. I've met your wife. She's delightful. And uh, she seems like a first grade teacher. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. She loves it. She loves the kids. She's a light in that school. Yeah, and I bet. That's fantastic. So, like, when you grow up, what do you want to do? Do you want to be, like, a, do you want to... Do you want to keep being pastor or you want to go back to coaching or you kind of want to mix the whole thing together or yeah, I feel really like the lead pastor of a church one day or I, I mean, right now I feel really blessed. I'm able to coach and be a pastor, <laughs> you know, so it's like the best of both. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, God has really gifted me as a, uh, a, a good number two kind of the behind the scenes. I would love to maybe partner with someone in planting a church, but not being. Yeah. You know, you know yourself well enough to know that you're probably not the guy who's going to be spearheading it, but just holding that person up to try to help them make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Being kind of like, you know, like a Barnabas. Yeah. That's great. Uh, did your wife want to be in pastoral or like, does she, she's good with all that? Cause a lot of, you know, a lot of women, when they, when they start, uh, dating somebody who's, in pastoral ministry or whatever, it's a bit a bit of a challenge for them to think that this could be their life. But she's all cool with it. Yeah, we've had um, a lot of good conversations about what it looks like, yeah. expectations for her and for me, and just talking through that. Does she that. play the piano? She doesn't. Okay, well, that's not going to work then. <laughs> she has to play the piano. She also needs to be able to speak to all the women and do the children's ministry <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, no, we we have said for a long time that we want to find an area in the church that we can serve together in. Yeah. And feel like it's like the way that we can pour in together and then the other stuff that I do, like she gives me the freedom to do it and where she's called, she uses her gifts and right. she is she's awesome. 
So what's okay for how you've been in ministry for five years. Mm-hmm. What is the hardest part of pastoral ministry? Like if you were, if I, if you had to explain to people in the church, something that maybe they don't, they don't know, you're going to be hard to heart to heart with them and say, look, this is, this is not, this is something that's really difficult and different than maybe other jobs. I think it has to do with uh, people either um, leaving mm. or walking away from what they've believed. And, you know, you see, you know, there's, there's investment into people and then they choose to go a different direction away from God. And, and it's yeah. hard to watch that happen. Yeah, and the hard, one of the things that's challenging about that in particular, it's not like a job where you go and you fix a house or where you build a house and you say, hey, there it is. <laughs> we did the house. It's almost like as soon as you are able to help them solve a problem or whatever, there's other things that crop up that seem to threaten the very, you know what I mean? It's just never, it's never done. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a process-oriented thing, and it can be very difficult and tiring after a while, especially if you spent a lot of time. You're, you're, you're a very pastorally hearted guy, Right, I mean, Alex, I would assume that that's probably where you would say. Well, maybe. What What are your strongest gifts? You think? I think. I think. Well, administration administration is is huge for me, and then you know, encouragement, yeah, shepherding, yeah, caring for the people, right. So it's especially hard for somebody who's wired in that kind of direction to you know you invest so much time and energy with people, and then all of a sudden you know one thing, you know causes them so much trouble. In fact, I think this, the COVID stuff uh, has, for most of the people I know who have a real warm pastoral heart, it's been really, really hard for them because, you know, they've had dear friends kind of who've, who have opinions kind of on both sides of the, these issues and they just have come out. And so they're like, Oh my gosh, I, I, I want you to love each other and I want to love you, but it just seems like everything is blown up recently. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it is very hard. It's hard. And two, you know, like, Part of ministry is sending people. Yeah. And um, my family was all in the area a year ago, and now me and my brother JT are the only two that wow. are still here. Because they all went to... They just moved away to different different opportunities, different states, um, different jobs, and um, I've had friends do the same thing um, yeah. that I was in ministry with um, that are now in other places doing ministry, and... Just being able to learn to not hold on to the people you're doing ministry with. Yeah, totally. to don't love, don't love them as much. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. I'm not going to get to go know you very well because you're leaving me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Now, it, yeah, it, it's a difficult challenge, especially ministry, because things turn over. And, and, and you feel like you're doing life with the people that you work with. It's a little bit different than other settings, right, and other jobs, because yeah. you, you feel there's a real closeness in ministry you feel like you're kind of in the foxhole together yeah. and that's what you want right you oh, want to be doubt. a part of a team like that without a doubt it's just it makes it it makes changes difficult it also makes the turnover yeah hard and then you gotta get to know people and uh then a new pastor comes in and you get angry and write him letters thanks for the letter by the way that was great i didn't write him one <laughs> <laughs> no but it's good i feel like god's really stretching me because i'm not a super like open person where i let people into like my life yeah and till now <laughs> yeah thanks for pulling it all out <laughs> no kidding people are gonna go i didn't know that you played football. yeah but since people have have left it's really stretched abby and i to be like okay like this is where god has us yeah. and it was very clear that he wasn't saying okay i have something new for you so now you have to open yourself up and get to know 
other people and yeah. let them in. And so it's been a growing and stretching thing for us, but it's been good. Well, I like having you around. You're a good dude. Thank you. And uh, I've enjoyed my time. I come up to Crystal Lake every once in a while and spend a day. And I sit right outside your office in a leather, ch- in a leather gray chair. When I say leather, it's not real leather, I don't think. I don't think so. No. But you're the only one in that, on that campus who welcomes me with drinks. So, well, yeah, my fridge right there. I know you, know, you have a fridge Story in Diet Coke's in the office. One of the things that a lot of people don't know about the Crystal Lake campus is that there's not a window in the office. <laughs> so you actually feel like you've entered prison in the office. But uh, I will say this, that the, 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 the per capita candy per staff is really high. Yeah, there's can, a lot of candy. Yeah, you can't go five steps without. No, there's something. a lot of candy in that in that office, yeah. uh, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> so many. John Nichols, the campus pastor, his office is like a hole. You go down this hallway to another office, and then behind that office is another office with. It's, there's no window anywhere near it. No. Yeah. It. You got to take breaks and take walks around the building. Yeah, you would you know, just to see the natural. It light. is. It's pretty funny. Um, but it's good. It, the Carousel campus is a really fun place to be. I've, I've always enjoyed going up there and I've got a chance to preach there and stuff. I love the, I love the people and the vibe. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some, some, um, some, uh, quick, quick answer questions here. Right. Lightning round. Let's do it. All right. Best restaurant in Crystal Lake. Texas Roadhouse. Really? Isn't that like a, a, a chain? Yeah, but. Have you had the Why? bread? Have you had no, the- I've never been to Texas Roadhouse, but now that you've said that I, I should have it, although Raisin Cane's is there, and for the fact that you didn't say Raisin Cane's, shame on you. I'm a Chick-fil-A guy. Did you know that there is this really great uh, deli in that town, a New York deli? Yes, I've been It's there. fantastic. It's very good. Yeah, very, very good. Is the around-the-clock diner good? So it's- if you go right into Crystal Lake, it seems like there's a thousand people there, and and my breakfast-loving heart always thinks, eh, it looks like the kind of place that would throw a huge cinnamon roll at me. It's okay. Okay. All right. That doesn't inspire me to want to go. So, but the, the vibe is kind of cool. The vibe is great. Yeah. All right. Um, what is something in Crystal Lake, so people in the area, that they don't know about Crystal Lake, that if they knew, they'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Three Oaks Beach. Three Oaks Beach. Where's that? It is. It's not the, the big one. Middle of the no, it's not. It's in the middle of the town. And they have this. Um, they have a beach area that's really, really beautiful. And then on the other side, they have like a wakeboarding park. Really? Yeah. Ooh, that sounds fun. Which is really cool. Right. Uh, how many days do you go to the beach in Chris Lake in the summer? Do you guys go frequently? We don't. Okay. Is that because you're not beach people, or is that just because... Well, right now we live in Elgin. You work in Crystal Lake, you live in Elgin. Why don't you live in Crystal Lake? We're renting Oh. Um, in Elgin from a couple from the church. Okay, so that works. So it works for now. Okay, that's really good. Okay, uh, what is... How many, how many touchdowns did you, did you throw when you were in high school? I have no idea. No, come on, you do too. 50-some. 50-some for all of high school. Yeah. But it was a not really throwing offense. No. How many did you run for? 30-some. That's a lot. Do you have a touchdown dance? 
You weren't allowed to. <laughs> if you could, though, what would your touchdown dance be? The gritty. You'd do the gritty, right, or whatever? Yeah. The Tebow. How about that? Oh, really? The down <laughs> on the one knee. I love it. Yeah. The, t- the Tim Tebow. Yeah. Can you dunk? Fun story. Uh, oh, I want to hear the story. Got to, got to meet Tim Tebow. Did you? Um, my brother JT's kind of role model growing up was Tim Tebow, and Tim Tebow was playing for the AA team for the Mets in Syracuse while my brother was stationed in New York, and my dad, through his connections at Gatorade, was able to coordinate a chance to meet Tim Tebow before one of his games. Yeah. And so our whole family got to go meet Tim. Do you got a picture of it? Yeah. All right. Is he as kind as people say? I yes. bet he is. Super people genuine. Say that he's a really nice guy. Super genuine. Yeah. It's all real. It's not fake. Do you think he should be playing professional football? No. Wow. That just happened. Tim, I want you to know Brian Bradshaw just denigrated your ability to play professional quarterback. He did have a great run, though. He did. He did. Brian, it's been really great talking to you. Thanks so much for spending time uh, chatting. I love the fact that uh, you're a young guy in ministry and you and your wife are just at the... I mean, it reminds me of my early days. (laughs) Yes, with all the challenges and joys that go with that. This was fun. It gets harder, but I don't want to tell you that. (laughs) Not yet. Enjoy, Enjoy it. We will. Anyway, God bless you. Thanks a lot for all of you listening, and uh, we will catch you next time.